Welcome on into the Bench Captains podcast. We are finally back. Joining me today, we got Bench Captain Nick. And joining us, new Bench Captain Kyle. Welcome on into the podcast. How are we doing, gentlemen? What's up, guys? Bro, nothing much. Just glad we have a third still waiting for Noah to get back from dad duty. Mm. You had your playoffs. Yeah. How'd that go? Uh, short-lived. Uh, we, we won a home game. We won by 25. And then we went on the road to the two-seed uh, Dalton Bulldogs. And they, uh, they're they a really good team. They beat us by 20. So it was a tough loss. But, you know, you live and you learn. Got to grow. We have some young kids that'll or young guys that will be back next year. So, you know, can't get too down on the future. All right, so it's looking good at least next year. Yeah, we lose a couple of seniors, good kids, but uh, our core players will be back next year. So it's good news. All right, yeah, our basketball season's going well. Three weeks left. Just ready for a day off. I'm here every night till like nine. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. But so, Kyle, um, we know each other, obviously, from alone. We lived together. Yeah, man. We were, we were sweet mates for a year. Tyler, Matthew, and Cam. So we just wanted to ask you, every guest every guest that we have on, we ask them to share a bench captain story. So what makes you a bench captain? As someone who understands the game but may not be able to physically do it, whether it's as a whole experience or if it's yeah. like one distinct moment. Like, what's set, like what makes you an honorary bench captain? Yeah, man. So um, as you know and as Cam would know or Tyler would know, so – uh, Wenzel Malone on a football scholarship, well, not football scholarship, walk-ons for life, um, but got there freshman year, blew my knee out, um, and got really fat, then, like, lost all my weight, um, and um, actually, our buddy John was a starting quarterback for a while after Will Spore left. Um, shout out my guy, Will. He's probably still mad at me for stepping on his foot in practice, but it's whatever, um, but yeah, so, I mean, I always, like, was somebody that wanted to you know, try to play in college. I was the dream, go play a division one ball, like Ohio state, something like that. But once I got to college, I was like, okay, got to play college quarterback. Cause partially I was told by high school coaches, like never going to be good enough, never going to do it, stuff like that. But then the cool part was I actually was recruited to Malone as a running back. Um, and with our old staff who was, um, we'll just call it a little bit all over the place. Um, we didn't win a game my first two years. Um, so the spring after they got fired, um, I went to our previous head coach because there's no longer a football team in Milan. Um, and I was like, hey, like, I want to play quarterback. That's what I played in high school. Like, this is what, um, like, I was I was brought in to do. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. And I was just one of those things where, like, I was taking a ton of reps. Like, I was basically just, like, kind of low-key balling out against the, like, starters in practice because I was on scout team because they hadn't seen me, like – play any like meaningful reps and stuff like that um but I mean I long story short I ended up being on scout team all the way up until my senior year at playing quarterback um and then the first day of two days my true senior year because I came back for a fifth season um my head coach was like hey like he pulled me into his office and he said hey you should really consider like maybe being a coach and being a student coach not even playing this year because they had a guy um Zane Bunnell um, Jared Skaggs, John, um, and then DeAndre Clayton transferred in from um, some school in Pennsylvania, I forget, but he was, I mean, DeAndre's a study, that's my guy, um, 
but I mean, I was always somebody that was going to try to outwork the guy ahead of me, even if it was like, you know, they didn't give me a shot, but, um, yeah, man. So I, I kind of went through my senior year and he like hit me with like, yeah, you should coach and not even play. Cause low key, he was kind of saying like, you're not good enough, which like, <laughs> it's all good. But, um, yeah, man. I mean, but then also just like how I was raised, I was somebody that was like, I, I got to see it through to the end. Um, and I went just, like, I was like, no, I'm still going to do it. Like I'm going to try to beat out people and this and that. And there was a couple of times, in instances throughout my senior year and sometimes a little bit my junior year where like John would get a concussion or tore his groin or whatever. And it was like, Kyle, we need you to go throw a Hail Mary or hi, we need you to Zane broke his face mask on third down and you need to go get a first down on a fourth down run against Walsh or something like that. And then Zane threw a pick next play, but we won't talk about that. Um, but like, yeah. So, I mean, I had always dealt with coaches telling me like, you're not good enough or you're not going to be able to do it. And I was still just like, try to prove them wrong. And then I came back for my fifth year and in the middle of like a, like a tip, a player, like team meeting, like coach Thomas pulled me out into the hallway and he's like, Hey, we're moving you to outside linebacker. And I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I've never played outside linebacker in my life. And um, I was like, why? And he was like, well, we think you're like athletic and you have good feet. So we're going to, and you're a big guy. So we're going to put you at outside linebacker. And I was like, okay. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, I didn't play that much at outside linebacker. I was on every single special teams. Cause that was my goal. I was like, I got to at least get on the field. I'm like, it's my fifth year. I'm a team captain. Like, like the team chose me to be a team captain. Like I didn't play. So like, I was just always like trying to be a, um, a weight room guy. And that's kind of where my like love for the weight room. Yes, came. same. <laughs> yeah, man. Big weight. Fill out them sleeves, there, guy. <laughs> no, but yeah, but okay. no. So I mean, that's where I kind of like fell in love with the weight room at first. But then um, I was always like the hype guy in the weight room. Like I was always trying to like lead in there and um, lead on the practice field, but also try to make the starters look bad and stuff like that. But um, yeah, man. I mean, I went through that and just always never really saw like meaningful time on the field. But I always try to like lift up the guys from like the sidelines. But I mean, I wouldn't trade my experience in college for anything especially through football so absolute bench captain energy right there <laughs> but you kind of you kind of alluded to it a little bit your job we kind of wanted to start this quarter one of just you get to work in a different aspect of sports that a lot of people don't get to see yeah. so we just kind of wanted you to talk about what your job is for a little bit and then Dave and I are just going to ask you some questions yeah just, no to, doubt. just so people can hear it so yeah like, what is sure. it that you do yeah, so um, act, I'll just kind of take you through like the timeline after I graduated um, from Malone. So after I graduated, I went and interned at um, Georgia Southern University, and they're actually in the Sun Belt with like Appalachian State, Coastal Carolina schools like that. And I did I worked with the football team down there doing like strength and conditioning. So I'd like set up, break down for lifts, help with um, hydrating the guys during practice and stuff like that in the spring and. Um, help with like hydration testing, different things like that. Anything like my boss wanted, like we were kind of like the pack mules kind of, but um, we got to do a lot of hands-on coaching. And there's a lot of guys um, from Georgia Southern that I still talk to today. A few of those guys actually just transferred to Louisville. Um, one guy, the quarterback, his name is Shy Wirtz. He um, just transferred to Louisville and he's actually going to be a receiver. And then Kendrick Duncan, he's actually going to be a safety at Louisville. Um, but I like worked a lot with those guys and helped coach lifts and, um, I actually worked a lot with like the DBs and wide receivers, like during practice, like I was kind of their water boy, but like also their hype guy. And then on the sidelines, we kind of did like mini quality control. 
So if coaches were getting close to the refs or this and that, we'd pull them back. And, um, but yeah, so then after that, um, I actually, um, got a position at Ohio State, um, another intern position, but it was more in depth um, than what I did at Ohio State. So, I mean, I was working with um, track and field, swimming and diving, a little bit with football, men's basketball was my big one. And then um, occasionally men's and women's ice hockey. Um, same thing, dealing with every single team, doing any sort of like hydration testing, any sort of like, um, excuse me, any sort of like writing the lifts, helping write the programs, different things like that, learning how to train certain types of athletes, um, learning the science behind why certain styles of training are more effective. Um, and then using a lot of like science and technology stuff to help like um, track how the athletes are getting stronger and different things like that. Um, yeah. And then after that, so like right when COVID was in its like height, um, I was going to have my contract renewed. And then I actually just got a job at a place called D1 Sports Training. Um, it was a company that's, it's a private um, company that's owned by like Tim Tebow and like Peyton Manning and guys like that. And AJ Hawk and Mike Vrabel started the ones in Columbus. Um, but I currently help coach, like there's a couple like adult, like fitness classes that go through it, but I have a lot, basically I just train like one-on-one -on -one clients. Um, so I have a lot of like position specific guys or it doesn't matter what sport, but I have pretty much any athlete from across all ranges of sport, but that's where I'm at currently. Um, I mean, I miss Ohio State. I miss Georgia Southern because of the heat and the <laughs> warm weather and living 40 minutes from the beach. But yeah, um, that's where I've been. Um, but a lot of it and people just kind of see strength coaches on the sidelines of football games, especially as just like the the big buff dudes with the backwards hat and screaming and yelling. But um, there's a lot more science and um, knowledge applied to it more than just doing some bicep curls and different things like that. <laughs> so I think I think everybody right now is is actively thinking about the Northwestern strength yep. and conditioning coach. Spanos, yeah. yeah, I've met him. Yeah. Is he, he seems he's like a nut he job, just, man. <laughs> you say, he seems like 24 seven. But in the most just, like positive way though, cause he's mm -hmm. a, it, like, I remember hearing his players talk about him. They called him like a firecracker, but that's exactly what he is, but he's awesome. Yeah. I, I remember my dad was joking around. Me and him went to the Big Ten championship game when it was Ohio State, Nor yeah. Northwestern, and that was when Dwayne Haskins was still at Ohio State. And I just okay. will never forget when he came running out of the tunnel. I was like, he's he thinks he's one of the yeah. players right now. And I love that. Yeah, he's I think, huge. Yeah, it's, I love that energy. But my question for you right now is, so as you know, so I coach high school basketball. And yeah, no, no. A, a, a lot of – kids think that they work hard is in the weight room but when it comes to the difference between different levels of college like and hard work that it takes to get there how hard yeah. do those division one athletes truly train because it seems like there is just a misunderstanding yeah. for high school students compared yeah, to what no it really takes yeah so i mean just for an example i mean like the football team at ohio state like those guys don't leave campus like ever um, I mean, they have maybe, I mean, like after the bowl games and stuff like that, they usually get like two or three weeks off because they want to like go see their families, players go see their families. But I mean, they get back in their own like voluntary workout start like end of January, early February. And I mean, but yeah, they're training nonstop summer. They're working out in the spring. They're working out in the winter. They're working out during the season. Because I mean, during the season, they're lifting probably three, four times a week just to like maintain. Because um, when you're in season, you usually want to try to, obviously, if you don't lift, you're just going to get your body beaten down and beaten down, beaten down. 
and you know <laughs> injuries happen but right. i think like a lot of what is kind of tough for these young kids now trying to go into college and like especially trying to look to go d1 like i don't think that they see is like you have to be literally willing to put in the time because a let alone i mean division two sports like is a full-time job my younger brother he's a actually a point guard at ohio northern i was trying i've been being able to train him and i'm like hey like it's a full-time job now even in like division two like your guys are gonna be training all summer especially the football guys i mean their workouts in the morning they'll have runs in the afternoon they'll do some sort of therapy whether it's like cryotherapy or massage therapy or something throughout the day so i mean they're non-stop training and it's not a joke i mean coach mickey marotti who's the head guy at ohio state i mean he's the best to do it um and he I mean, you pull up any video of him, it's go, go, go all the time. And it's no joke, even if it's like stretching, foam rolling, different things like that. So who is the like, who is like the craziest athlete you've worked with? Just like in the weight room, just based off of like how much they can squat based off of like their size and weight. Right? Yeah, um, man. I mean, so that was the thing like we're <laughs> so at least in the sense of like the football team at Ohio State, like Coach Mick, the head guy, he had one rack so the way it worked is like there's oh man how many I think there was a total of like four or five like strength coaches just for the football team alone um and then the few interns that were there so there's probably like we'll call it nine coaches in the weight room at once so there's like different sections um in the weight room and so like a different coach is responsible for the players at those like let's say three racks or like two racks or whatever coach Mick had one rack right in front of his office and it was always like Chase Young J.K. Dobbins Justin Fields, guys like that. And if you got anywhere within like 15 feet of him, he's like, back the fuck up. And you're like freaking out and you just like don't get near him. But I mean, to be honest, man, like one of the craziest athletes that I've seen train is J.K. Dobbins, for sure. Absolute tank. I mean, he's, I've stood next to him. I've talked to him. He, the roster will say he's like six foot. That's generous. <laughs> like he's maybe five, nine. <laughs> like he's, short but stocky but just an absolute powerhouse i mean the guy i don't remember exact numbers but he squatted a house he could throw around weight on the bench like it was nothing um just explosive beyond belief and then um one of the craziest athletes i've ever worked with personally um oh man i there's i've worked with some crazy athletes dude like um i mean cj walker dwayne washington those guys are crazy um mm -hmm. EJ Liddell is probably one of the craziest athletes I've ever worked with. So like one of my things was I was only with the basketball team for probably a couple months, but I mean, I worked with EJ pretty close. Um, and that, that, I mean, you see what he's doing now, but the guy's a monster, um, especially in the weight room too. But then there's some track guys at Ohio state that are qualifying for like Olympic like teams and stuff like that. Like a guy named Asa Burke. Um, he's, I think he's still, I think he's from Columbus. I could be wrong, but I mean, he's a freak. Um, but yeah, man, the list could go on and on. Shy words from Georgia Southern, Kendrick Duncan, Tyler Bass from Georgia Southern worked with him pretty close. Kicker for the Bills. Um, oh, we know. Yeah, we know. Dude, just um, picks. Kendall Vildor, he's a corner for the Bears. Um, and I haven't worked with him personally, but I played with him. Ashton Doolin. I mean, watching that guy work out in the weight rooms, monster. So, yeah. The list could you go know, on. That's, that's just a couple. 
I was just going to say, so J.K. Dobbins is one of my all-time favorite Ohio State Buckeyes. Broke my heart that the Ravens drafted him. Yeah, that was the, one of the most – Why did it break your heart? Where, what were you expecting – where are you expecting him to go? Any of the other 30 yes. teams. Yeah. Like, I'm a Browns fan. I want to root for the man. Right. I loved him. I kind of right. was hoping that we'd just go three – you know, the three-headed yeah. monster in the backfield. And I know it could have been – Triple it option. Hard to explain, but – J.K. Dobbins, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. One goes down, you got that two more even. horses. But, yeah, J.K. Dobbins is a stud, and I'm excited to see what – like, I know I think he's going to be a fantastic – He's a great, bro. great fit yeah. for yeah. the team. Just, just mad that he's in your division, huh? Yeah. And it's Baltimore. Like Cincinnati, I've been like, yeah, yeah, know what? Throw his jersey on. Let's go on Bengals fan. <laughs> right. Now, it's interesting that you bring up C.J. Walker. So, C.J. Walker, he transferred from Florida State, right? Yep. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, the summer that he transferred, we had a summer league tournament down at Ohio State. Like, every summer, there's always the summer leagues that go yeah, on. Yeah. And so, we came down there. And we got down there early and we were, he, this week, this was before we knew he was a, like on the butt, like before we saw him in a uniform for them, mm-hmm. he was getting a workout in by himself. Yeah. He was going crazy. This yeah, dude man. was just dripping sweat. Yeah. He's, he's setting up his own workouts. And I was like, so impressed, but we had, uh, at the time we were a, a very prominent, uh, very competitive basketball team in Northeast Ohio. Yeah. And I think Wait, I remember that tournament because it was it were you guys in French Fieldhouse and stuff like that? Uh, like yes. St. John's and all those. Okay. Yes. Yeah, I walked yes. right right past you guys then. Yeah, I think I actually think Aaron Kraft was working uh, a scores table okay. at one of one of those games, which is pretty interesting. I got it's pretty you. cool. But but uh, yeah, no, we saw C.J. Walker work out, and that go, guy was going dumb hard. He, like that was a, I, that was like a little bit of a look in, and I, I figured I you know I was going to ask you about him, but you already brought him up. Um, that being said, you, you mentioned Ohio State basketball in how much would you say, how different are your workouts for football and basketball? Cause I know it's more speed and it, I feel mm-hmm. like it's more speed and agility for basketball yeah. and, and toning more so than in football, you're going, you're just trying to get, well, I guess, yeah, you know, so I mean, yeah, the cool thing is, especially mm-hmm. with strength and conditioning, like a lot of people are like, oh, if you train like a football player, like you're just going to turn into some meat hot, like just stacked up, like massive human being. And I mean, that's not necessarily the case. I mean, you just kind of have to think about um, what each sport needs. Um, whereas like a football is a total body sport. And while most sports are total body sports. And what I mean is like football, you have to be strong with your legs, your core, your upper body. Everything has to be stable. You have to have like strong ankles, knees, hips, shoulders got to be solid, like different things like that. But then when it comes to basketball, like you got to think it's an explosive sport. It's a jumping sport. You have to make sure the guys like, and a lot of times, and I mean, one of my favorite dudes on the team too, and I still talk to him is Justin Arns. Like, and a lot of Mm -hmm. these guys like are really, really like quad dominant guys, which means their quads are way stronger than their hamstrings. And it's like, you, you teach them and strengthen them to strengthen their hamstrings while supporting everything else. So, I mean, I would say you can take things from each kind of training and put it in together, but then you just kind of have to adjust and fine tune and be like, okay, what does this sport need? And for basketball, it's got, you got to be strong up with overhead movements. You got to be able to react quick. You have to be able to get off the ground fast and be able to also create and absorb force too. So like we did this test um, and I was, I ran it pretty much every day when the guys would come in before or after practice um, is this thing called a Sparta plate. And it's like a plate probably, I don't know, two and a half feet wide. 
um, and it's hooked up to a computer and all they do is they jump three times and it basically just reads like how their body creates force, absorbs force and like puts out force. Um, and it can tell whether they're like prone to injury or different things like that. But if their numbers are pretty even, then they're usually pretty solid, which means they're pretty strong um, in every area. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, it kind of just depends on like the sport, but you kind of can train football and basketball in the sense with a base of being the same, but then you just fine tune to, okay, what does this sport need? So, mm -hmm. yeah. That's awesome. Okay, so I have I, I was going to ask you this question earlier, and it slipped my mind uh, before we, uh, we move on to kind of into the Big Ten uh, basketball and, and talk more about the uh, March Madness. My quick question for you was, you know, working at Ohio State or with Ohio State, what it was, what did you, what was the, the, the coolest thing that you learned from the, either was it, it was a player or a coach? Like, what was the, the, the coolest thing that you were able to take away from that experience? Yeah, man. Um, geez, that's so, there was so many things. Cause like I got to work with so many different teams. So that was like the coolest part was like, but the, the culture and like, the like togetherness of the athletic department as a whole I mean like there were strength coaches from you know like the pistol and rifle team going up to like coach Mick and like talking to them about training and talking to them about the team and different things like that like everybody's always supporting everybody but man I I would geez that's tough um man I I would just probably have to say like being able to like you see these guys on TV and you're like, man, like I would love to meet these dudes one day. And then like you get to like watch them or like you run past, like you bump into them in like a restaurant and you're like, oh my gosh, it's like Justin Fields or whatever. But then like being able to coach them and being able to like work with athletes of that caliber and you just see them and you get to know, like they're people, man. Like they're, they're kids that have lives, they're young kids, but they're, smart beyond belief man but they're the biggest thing that i would take away especially from after just like seeing that is just like if you have what it takes because i'll be honest man like it's not going to be easy to be a division one athlete but if you get if you're blessed to have the talents that a lot of these athletes have is like these athletes will do anything that you ask them to do if they trust you and if you trust them that was the biggest thing i took away from it that's awesome. I like it. Yeah. So pretty much we kind of wanted to close quarter one out. Already talking about Ohio State, just some Big Ten basketball. A lot of the big teams start to play each other, like Illinois, Michigan last night. Illinois took care of business. What's it look like like for this tournament? How many teams are we gonna have? And with some March Madness with what I think Big Ten being pretty much unanimous best conference in basketball. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I don't know if you guys have gotten to watch many games. Bye -bye, but so I, I, I try to watch a lot of the big 10, just because I think those are the best teams. I think when you look at the top, just the top three, the top three to me in the big 10 would be Michigan, Illinois, and Iowa. Mm -hmm. I think those three have separated themselves just from the standpoint of, I don't think Ohio state has the big that can body up the bigs of those other three teams. And we right. really saw it the past week or two of that's, what's really going to hurt us. I think. So like, what, what do you think, Dave? No, I, I agree. I, I like Ohio State. I like what they're the, – the program itself is turning itself around, and you're starting to see, you know, it, a, a fluctuation of – well, Chris Holtman was really trying to bring in good players, but also they play together. It, it's good. They play good defense. They're, the problem is 
yeah, like you said, they, the, it showed in the game against the team up north. It showed against um, Iowa in, their, in the most recent game. They're the rebounding inside. You know, it, it's tough when, you, when you're going up against Dickinson and, and Garza. This is Garza, yeah. right? Okay, just making sure. And then uh, big Jamaican from uh, Illinois. I forget his last name because I forget how to pronounce it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But it's like it, it's that you need to be able to to rebound and, and be able to play good interior defense in, mar, in in the tournament. And when you don't have that depth there, I that's where I, I'm kind of like Ohio State better be hot from outside. <laughs> like they better be hitting shots because if they are, if if Washington's hitting shots, then it's a different ball game. But yeah, we'll see what happens with Ohio State. But Big Ten by far is yeah, they're the the dominant conference in in NCAA basketball. How about you, Kyle? What are you thinking? Yeah, man. I mean, I agree with everything you guys have said. I think part of the thing that I've noticed and watched is like Ohio, the only real issue other than like the post is like I feel like Ohio State has a tough time defending the high ball screens and like any sort of like double down screen because um, like the there was multiple times against Iowa a couple of days ago. I mean, they were sending just like two dudes down on like a low ball screen or like a high ball screen and roll to Garza. I mean, Garza is a freak. So he's going to be playing for a long, long time. But um, yeah, I mean, if they can defend the high ball screens and they can get out and run, cause that's, they're better. I think they're better than anybody in the big 10 at running. Like just, Mm -hmm. if you get out and transition and you run, they're going to be able to beat you, especially if they're shooting well. Um, and I mean, like, and I don't say this cause I've worked with EJ, but like the first time we beat Iowa, like EJ bodied up Garza, but it's like, not saying that he can't do it, but I think without having that true, like big, big is going to be, is going to be the downfall for sure. But I, yeah, I, and I, I love Kyle Young, but I'm pretty sure Kyle Young's only six, seven too. I think him and Liddell yeah. are both six, seven. EJ, EJ is, I think like six, seven, Kyle Young's more like a true six, eight, probably yeah. like six, eight and a half. We just need but to get my to guy, Ibrahima Diallo. We need to get him out there. A little 7-1, <laughs> like a 7-8 like, wingspan or something like that. <laughs> I think Ohio State can make a deep run based mm-hmm. off of what our bracket is. I think I if agree, our bracket yes. favors us, because what you saw for the longest time we kept winning, we didn't face any of those bigs. Mm-hmm. If we face a team that doesn't have bigs, I think we'll win. Because yeah. as you said, we get out and run, and that's what our offense comes from. So, like mm-hmm. – and. Let's be real though. Michigan ain't shooting like that again against us. That was absurd. Yeah, but I also like, do think too. I do think three. too. Like, I de- like. Um, well, what was I about to say? Oh yeah. So like, I definitely think that um, we are probably the grittiest team. That's one thing. That even with like working yeah. with him too. But like, that's the thing that Holt does well is like he gets those dudes. Like they'll be diving on the floor. And I think after watching a lot of the Big Ten this year, like I think grittiness despite not having a big can definitely keep you in game so that's why i think being able to be gritty mm-hmm. but being able to defend but shooting well will help ohio state but if not and experienced um, guards yes i yeah. trust cj no walker in my life that <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Midi, oh my goodness <laughs> no doubt that is no. the most beautiful thing i've ever seen no doubt how do you feel about michi though I love it. bro a free year of eligibility i love it <laughs> he, he comes in for his his uh, his daily three and then comes Bro, out. I know. He does it this. He's That's the best part. Yeah. The one game he went two for two. Yeah. Hey man, I'll cool. I'm cool with it. Yeah. It, you know what though? You're, you're hitting it on the head talking about uh, team defense is so important. It, like it, sometimes you don't always have the horses and you're able to hide certain weaknesses, but you have to play great team defense. I think Ohio state's done yeah. for the most part, a really good job of buying into that. 
And if they can, if they can execute that, all they got to do is just play one game again. If they play a team with the big, they just got to play one game better. It, it doesn't matter. You don't have to play them 10 times, you know, you don't have to play them 10 times and, and wins six out of okay. 10. It's just one and game. Well, we have beaten them. Like we yeah, beat Iowa. Right. Do we beat we beat Illinois, right? Yeah. Like we got them. Yeah. Yes. Yep. And so so we can beat them, but I mean Michigan really just showed like if you can't beat a big and they're hitting, we're in trouble. Yes. Because like as exactly. you said, there were there's the shooters are gonna be open when we play a big. It's gonna mm-hmm. come down to if they can hit them. Knock them down. Yeah, the, and I think if you go back and watch that fourth quarter. Our closeouts were so like we were so sporadic trying to get out to the shooters. It was just oh, yeah. it it just it, it really just fell apart because we just couldn't. It, it was it was a tough game plan <laughs> defensively yeah, for there. Sure. I think yeah, sometimes so I, too, if we get our heads like spinning around like that and like we're kind of frantic, it's like yo, halt, call timeout, settle your guys down, right? Settle in. You, go, see, you see Justice Suing throwing around the back pass when both like Young oh. and Liddell just like turn around. I'm just like no. Man, like, this, what's gonna put <laughs> this away? Like, are Jeez. you kidding me? Yeah, yeah. like, I'll, there's been a, f- a few times where, like, because one of my other, so when I worked at the EJ a lot at Ohio State, like, I actually, so Justice had just transferred from Cal. Why, or was it Cal? I think it was Cal. I think it was Cal, but um, he had had like foot surgery or something like that. So he was hurt. And then Musa Jallo got hurt. So they were both injured. And so like, I would help take them through like lifts while they're hurt. And like, I would talk to like justice and all that. So justice is one of my guys and he's so funny. But like, when I saw him make that pass, I was like, dude, what are you doing? What was so funny was he had finally grown on me. I'm like, I like this dude. And then he I love that. justice. Oh, I love all those guys. But yeah. yeah. Oh no, I do. I do. I still want, I want, it kills me. I want Dwayne Washington to be a little more consistent. Yeah. As just as our best pure scorer, mm-hmm. like when mm-hmm. he gets going, that makes like it's like oh, you're yeah. not like like are you okay? Like no doubt. You can't miss. It was like me in the uh, one intramural game hitting like 11 threes in a row. Bro, this dude first game we ever played, <laughs> he hit like 11 threes in a row. Hey. Like he got stunned. I don't even know if he had 11 the rest of the season. Jeez. I even I even said like halfway through, I was like, I'm gonna start shooting these with my left hand. Bro, he switched real. hands. He's like, I can't shoot that right anymore. I'm like, all right. Three more. (laughs) Bro, but I think talking Big Ten, I think there's an NFL player from the Big Ten that made some big news that will start our second quarter here. J.J. Waffellas. Dude. The Cardinals. Did not see it coming. I have a little different take, I think, than Dave. What do you think, Dave? What what are your thoughts here? Uh, You know, when I initially – the morning of the announcement, I was ready to buy a Peloton bike just to follow KJ Watt, figure out what was going on with that whole situation. I was, I was dialed in. I was like, Green Bay, Buffalo, Cleveland makes sense. Wrong. Arizona. So my initial reaction, and, and I was texting all the, the boys about this. I'm like, wow. Like he really wasn't choosing to win. I like, my, that was my initial, like he got more money than anybody offered. I know there was that initial report that came out saying that the Colts and the Browns uh, offered more money guaranteed. But then Charles Robinson of Yahoo Sports yeah. came out and, and denied that and said the Browns offered right away. They offered him the first contract, but then the Cardinals upped the, the guaranteed money. Uh, with that being said, I was like, he's really not about to win. And it's not that the card, like my mindset is, I don't, it's not that I don't think the Cardinals will be good. Like, I think they're a borderline playoff team 
And with him, they probably are a wild card team. I my mind my mind goes to though the Rams just got Matthew Stafford, and watch now they're gonna pick up Golden Tate now that he got cut by the Giants. Just watch. So they're gonna get Matthew Stafford over with the Rams, and then on top of that, you have Russell Wilson still with Seattle. And I know there's drama there, but it's still Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. And you have two guarantees that those teams are going to be good. Whereas at least if you went to a team like Buffalo, if you went to Buffalo, you have the Dolphins. If he goes to the Packers, the Bears, like it, it, but they have to get a quarterback. The Vikings are a long way away. So like and those Detroit's Detroit in Detroit's yeah. Detroit, exactly. They're going to be too busy biting people. Hey, they got Jared Goff, you know. <laughs> yeah, they got Jared Goff too. Yeah, exactly. So uh, my my thought was like, and even Cleveland, I'm like, they just dismantled the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Ben's coming back. And you could play your brothers twice. And I still think that they're a better team than the Ravens. I know that they were 0-2. They should have beat them in Cleveland at the end of the year. So my mindset was there are three teams better than the, the Cardinals that he could have chose. It's not a bad fit. It's a good mm-hmm. fit. But still, I, that's where my mind went. Yeah, I thought – so my initial thoughts were when we look at everything, I think there were three things he always said, championship contender, money, and not be the main defensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And the Cardinals give him blatantly two of those three on top of it, warm weather. And so I started thinking, I'm like, okay, I kind of with you. I'm not going to say like championship contender, but I think they'll contend. Like you said, wild card playoffs. Like I wouldn't be surprised. What really kind of threw me off was the fact that he made the decision based off of Kyler. And saying like that he texted Kyler saying like, I'm here because I believe in you, bro. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Like, you have Aaron Rodgers as the Packers, like the MVP. Or Baker Mayfield. And, and Josh <laughs> Allen. Like, like I put I put Kyler with Allen and Baker. Like, yes. Like, I those three to me. But, like, the Packers are on team with Aaron Rodgers. Like, so maybe they didn't offer the money or something like that. But you have Zadarius Smith there, too. Mm-hmm. So, like, the defensive lineman help is there. He mm-hmm. wouldn't have gotten the money in Green Bay. I think yeah. that's what it came down to. What are, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, man. I mean, like, I'll be honest with you. Like, I didn't see it coming because I was thinking either like the Bills or like different things like that. But um, I think part of the thing that got me was when I went to Arizona and I heard about the like he believed in Kyler. And I'm like, okay, Kyler's good. He had the like Hail Mary against, you know, and then like, okay, I don't know if that's going to do anything because like he's just obviously going out there for money. But then like you were talking about like championship contender money and like, not being this uh the main defensive lineman but like with them having like Chandler Jones and like um the the safety from um ba- you got Buda Baker Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah Simmons mm-hmm. is that his name Isaiah yeah. Simmons like mass yeah him and then Buda Baker I mean mm-hmm. to have those guys let alone like to have Chandler Jones and JJ Watt as in your front seven I mean I think that was the one piece that the Cardinals were missing was like an effective pass rush I mean, JJ is not going to play, you know, 60 snaps a game, but I mean, you put him in 35 plays a game, he's, he can change at least like 20, some of those snaps. Um, but yeah, no, I think, I think it was, I like step back and I look at it and I'm like, okay, it could be good. But like you guys were saying, like Matt Stafford to the Rams, you know, you got like all yeah. those explosive <laughs> offenses out there. So it, it'll be interesting, but I also feel like he just wanted to get back and play with like DeAndre Hopkins. And cause I remember he had posted something on Instagram, like him hugging like DeAndre and he's like, yeah. we got unfinished business or whatever. And I don't know what that means, but yeah. 
So, well, and I think to judge the championship contender, you kind of have to wait for the end of this whole off season. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know their exact cap situation. Like even after this, mm-hmm. like what can they still add? Like in the draft, they're going to have decent yeah. pick. And so I think give the rest of the off season, let's see what they finish like. But for right now, I, I still think it kind of leaves them with where they're at. And like, I believed in them last year, but the offense didn't seem to click mm. for some yeah. reason. So maybe year two, but I've been hearing like, I feel I like they need more receiver hard, help. They don't like Kingsbury. Well, and I think the problem is they're, they're too pass. They're too pass happy. I, I think they lack a true run game and you have to help your quarterback out. And that's what some of these offenses are starting no to do. Doubt. And, and when we're when I was saying the Rams and, and Seattle, I totally forgot, like, I totally forgot uh, the 49ers. They're going to get everybody that, like, their entire roster was purged last year because of injuries. And, and you know, Thanos snapped half the roster was gone for the year. So it was one of those things that they're going to be back. But the reason they were even, in, like, where they were the year before, they ran the football. They ran the football down teams' throats. And was it Garoppolo threw the ball? Was it nine times against the Packers? Yeah, I want to say eight. I think it was eight. Okay. Like, can you imagine, like, hey, yeah. he's going to throw it eight times in a play. But then go to the Super Bowl and throw it 38 times? Yeah. Exactly. But that's that's exactly my point, though. You look at what the Cardinals did. It's like they were just trying to prove a point, like, hey, let's air it out as much as possible because we have Larry Fitzgerald, DeAndre Hopkins, Andy Isabella, they got numerous names you could Christian throw. Kirk. Christian Kirk. I yeah. know I know that I said Isabella before Kirk, which is crazy, but but like they I were said John Wall before a lot of other dudes last week. Okay, we can get into that <laughs> later. We can get into that. Uh, but still they got past happy, they got carried away. And I think they better figure out a run game or else they're gonna be in a very similar spot, if not the four the fourth place spot in the NFC West. So So, Kyle, how do you feel? And I'm going to – I already told you. I'm going to vouch for you. Kyle was a Buccaneers fan before it was cool. Yeah. So, how was it for you getting to watch them win? Do they repeat? So, I – like I was telling you guys before we started recording, so I had my – I was a big – like, I had known who Scotty Miller was, you know, as they, like, were still not great before Brady came. And then, like, the, the catch against Green Bay was probably my favorite play. And I was like, all right, I got to buy the guy's jersey. Shout but, out Nathan Martin. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I mean, I – it was cool, man, because, like, I remember watching them when they beat the Raiders back in 03 and they beat Rich Gannon's Raiders. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it was cool because, like, we prioritized running the ball first. And it was cool because, like, seeing Tom Brady – kind of bring that and I mean it definitely helps having Bruce Arians as a guy who will literally has he's literally said like I'm just gonna let Brady coach and like you hear like the mic'd up and like hearing how Brady communicates like this is what we got if you guys see anything let me know we're gonna change it at the line and it's like dang but anyway going back to what I was saying they prioritize running the football and like you had playoff Lenny freaking just going off against the Packers and it was kind of like when uh Zeke was like when yeah it was kind of like when Zeke and like was at Ohio State and he was like slowly getting better and better and better and better. And I kind of saw like that with Leonard Fournette and I was like, OK, this is dope. And then like seeing Gronk score two times, I'm like, OK, this is cool. <laughs> but then there was a couple of times like we threw like a pick, I think like um, was it Tyron Matthew had a pick like the one that didn't count. And then there was another one I think he had. I was like, oh, no, like. There's a couple of times I was kind of freaking out, but then I was like, okay, we got it in the bag if we score. Or like, we get it in the bag if this happens. And Antoine Winfield had the pick. I was, well, like, I was gonna okay. say, 
you kept mentioning all offense. I'm absolutely in love with Tampa's defense. Oh, so yeah. I love White, White, Levante, Jack David, JPP. Hey, shout out the future Cleveland Brown, Levante, David. What it do, baby? Yeah. <laughs> He's coming to the Browns, though, it is. Yeah. I'm hoping. That's the rumor. I hope not. I hope we keep him. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> well, if not, we'll yeah. just go sign like Jadavian Clowney or something. <laughs> right. My question for you is then, because the, the Bucks have so many free agents. They have Godwin, um, Barrett, David, Ndamukong and Sue. If you could only bring back a couple of those, like if you had to prioritize the free agents, who are you, who are you bringing back? Um, let's see. Definitely Chris Godwin for sure. Um, Cause like, although Scotty Miller is a good, like slot threat downfield, we don't, he was like our true, like big player receiver. So I think you have to prioritize that. Um, I mean, Shaq Barrett's just a monster off the edge, but Levante oh. David, again, same thing. He's a beast. So, I mean, yeah, I'd definitely say Godwin. I'd probably say like Barrett probably just because of how mm-hmm. good he is off the edge. But da- like I said, David's, it's hard to pick. But I would take, I would take Barrett and Godwin just because like you had Devin White as well. Right. He's going to yeah. take David's Devin spot White's and then monster. you'll bring someone else. Like, geez, Devin White was, an- like he was the, Probably the playoff MVP, uh, the playoff MVP I in my agree. life. He was just an animal making plays all over the field. Ron, I love even your corners. Our corners. Murphy Bunting. Oh my gosh. What, Dean and yeah, Carl Jamel David? Dean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jordan Whitehead. Let's not forget that safety. Yeah. But that, Winfield. Best, play, best part of the Super Bowl is Antoine Winfield doing this. Yeah. Best part. Yeah. People say it was classless and unsportsmanlike. Uh, with how much this goes on in the field, this was the best part. He didn't even say anything. <laughs> Cheetah's been doing that all year to everybody too. It's yeah, about man. time somebody put him in his place. I was I was about fed up with Cheetah after he started talking trash on Denzel Ward. I was like, dude, leave the man alone. He didn't do anything yeah. to you. Hey man, then, Scotty Miller came out and said he could beat Cheetah in a race. I want to see that. I'd pay to see it. Yeah. I wouldn't. I just had someone text me the results. <laughs> it wouldn't be very long. It'd be pretty quick. That's what I'm saying. Like five seconds. I'm not paying for five four seconds four. of your day. You don't want. You don't want to get back. No, it's money. I don't want to give up. Uh, I understand. Fair enough. Time is money. I'll just go run it with him. I'll watch. I'll race him. You get a thirty-yard head start. Hot take. I could beat them both. Okay. Oh do you get? Do you beat them if you take a te- if you take a thirty-yard head start? Do you beat them? I hope. <laughs> but at this point, I might tear something. You and me both, man. Uh, that's brutal. <laughs> but yeah, so so any other closing thoughts, NFL talk as we wrap up quarter two here? Um, oh, okay. Kyle, question. Answer. Best best fit for Deshaun Watson right now. Ooh, 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 ooh. Um Tampa. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm cool with what we got. Maybe as a backup, because our backups are a joke. He can run scout team. There we go. And then maybe move the outside linebacker to fill in for Levante David. <laughs> there you go. It all comes full circle. Me and Deshaun Watson are the same. No, um, no. I, mm, to be honest, I really do. I would say there, and people might freak out. I don't know if freak out's the right word, but I'd say honestly. Either the uh, the Niners or the Jets. Mm. 
I'd say the okay. Niners just because I feel like he'd want to be in like kind of a big market city. He likes the the bright lights in San Fran's. I mean, a football dynasty in the NFL. And I mean, their offense is pretty solid. They got a great defense behind them. So I'd probably go there, especially if he's trying to win a championship like his teammate JJ is who went to the Cardinals. I'd say probably with what he's got offensively, I'd definitely go to the 49ers probably. I like, I like that pick. I'm comfortable with that. Yeah. I'm still out on the Jets. Just because I still think that would handcuff them again. Yeah. With their cap true. space, all the draft capital giving up. I think you're just gonna end up with the same team just in a different yeah. place. Because I, I do also think too that better. Sam Darnold actually, and people give Sam Darnold a lot of crap. I think he's good. Like I really do, oh. but like the last staff was a joke and they like yep. destroyed his development as a quarterback. So I feel like yep. I'm interested to see how Salah does with him. So we'll see. Yep. I nope, I agree completely. Like I said, even at two, if you end up with Swool and have him and Becton to protect Arnold, use right. use your free agency money, get some weapons out there. No rock doubt. and roll, baby. If it doesn't work out, boom, you're top of the draft next year, take a quarterback. And there's quarterbacks every year. Yeah. And I think after Lawrence, you're not like 100% sure. Like I'm hearing a lot of good things about Wilson. I was going to say, there's a lot of mock drafts right now that are, there's like Chris Sims and a couple other guys are saying like, hey, Zach Wilson's the top guy. Zach Wilson's no joke, man. Yeah, he's a beast. He's, yeah, I and I I honestly say that like just I'm not sure because I've not watched any film. Mm-hmm. I have not. I didn't get yeah. to watch the one big game he had. Like so, I have not got to watch it. Yeah. Right. Hot take, really quick before we move on. The oh, best. Always. I mean, I don't I don't know when he's gonna leave college, but one of the best quarterbacks coming out of college eventually, Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, calling it. Okay. Grayson McCall. Who is their starter this year? Grayson McCall. He was a fre- He started as a freshman. Okay. Okay. All right. Now is NFL gonna love him, like size wise and things like that? Like, what's his build? I mean, I think he's like six three, six four, like two fifteen. Okay. So he's a pretty decent sized dude. Because like just for UCF, like I think of Mackenzie Milton. Like he let the college yeah. world. Oh, McKen- Mackenzie like Milton is my favorite like college quarterback of all time. He's at Florida like State that. now. So he was. He was a little, little he's bit like shorter. Five ten. It's so like, you know, the NFL, it's not about that. They, mm-hmm. nope. I mean, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, you know. Baker, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you go draft Mackenzie Milton and build a team around him. Let me know how it goes. Hey, I, I, before we move on real quick, you guys are both talking about Sam Darnold. As Browns fans, it would be so hypocritical of us to be like, wait till Baker gets into a QB-friendly offense from what – Freddie Kitchens did to us last, like did the Browns offense last year or whatever, whatever the garbage he put out there was. It'd be very hypocritical of us to say, oh yeah, but Baker is going to be in a QB friendly offense. He'll be good. And then us all like turning around and saying, well, Sam Darnold's never going to be good. He'll never have coaching or like even yeah. coaching won't fix him. Now yeah. he might be broke too broken. That That's another conversation. Is he too far broken? Maybe. I don't know, but I'm still in. I think yeah. the Jesse would take a chance. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think especially. He, I mean, if you because you're not gonna have to pay him the top money like another quarterback, yeah, so yeah, that's tend to work out. You get him more cheap, yeah. yeah. Worst comes to worst, you trade him away, get some draft picks, draft somebody out of the draft, develop them. You're good, yeah. So, to uh transition quarter two to quarter three, what I saw today got me absolutely hyped. Kevin Stefanski, coach of the year, came out and said he needs to be a better coach. Boom, that is a leader right there. Alpha, but this man won't never satisfied. He said, I need to be a better coach for these, these men in this team. And I was just like, you, sir, are a leader. Mm-hmm. Because Hugh Jackson said, when you go from 1-15 to 0-16, to 
people forget that you know how to coach. Kevin Stefanski wins coach of the year and says, you know what? I need to be a better coach. Bam, That's huh? leadership right there. Heck yeah, man. But quarter three leads us to a little different Cleveland team in a little different situation, the Cleveland Indians. If you're not familiar, our former pitching coach, Mickey Calloway, has got himself into trouble with how he would treat women in the workplace, things he would do, things he would say, texts he would send. Came out, he, he left us, he went to the Mets, and then he ended up in the Angels. Mm-hmm. It, it went down with, in the Angels. That's where he was pretty much, like, I think he was fired, let go. That's where it came out. And so then it actually, a report came out that the Indians and the Mets knew. Mm. And so this is going to come back. I think in a bad way. Yes. No doubt. And so I just kind of wanted to hear your thoughts on this whole situation that's unraveling. It started just yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yes. I believe it was yesterday. Yeah. We're recording on Wednesday night. So I believe it was Tuesday. Yes. I mean, so two things, one Yankees fan. So don't really keep up on my Indians news. So I apologize. Yeah, no, you're good. Anyone. You're good. So I apologize to anyone listening right now. But no, I mean, I just heard about it today. To God for being a Yankees fan. Yeah, that's between you and Jesus, bro. Yeah, I, it's something I battle with every day, but I lived in, I, li- I embrace it. So, but yeah, no, I mean, I, for one, not, not a good thing to do, not a good way to go about your business, especially like in today's day and age with everything and how everyone is. But uh, yeah, not, not good, not a good spot to be in, especially when you're in the midst of like, having like a racist team name and you got to rechange your name and rebrand yourself. And this is not a good look and not a good way to start. Sorry about that too. Great. Yeah. Not saying that the name Cleveland Indians is racist. I'm saying what people are saying. Yes. Right. Right. So to, to, I'm just going to put this in, in broader perspective. I think this needs to be said. It, it's the reflection of the entire organization. The Dolan should be forced to sell the team within the next 48 hours. You sell the team because and every trade that happened within this last six months has to be returned to us. Revoked. We want uh, Francisco. Yeah, Lindor. Francisco. Don't He's call back. him Frankie. Yes. New ownership doesn't approve of that trade. Um, but real, like being honest though, like they really should sell the team because if that is true, that the organization knew about that conduct being look if and you being at uh, Kyle, you being at Ohio state, you know, culture matters. I'm big culture. I'm big culture guy. Anytime your culture is, is strong and and it promotes togetherness and it it promotes a high character, then you're going to succeed. But when you have this kind of stuff happening and then you have, we're not willing to pay our own guys. And, and it just looks like ownership. You don't care. You don't care about what you're, it's a reflection of you and you don't care about your own reflection and how you're perceived, how you Good take enough. care of business. And the fact we haven't heard from the Dolans either. They sent, they sent uh, Terry Francona out there. They marched him out there and said, Hey, you take care of this. And then they're like, Antonetti go out there. You take care of this. Well, you should be at the front lines taking care of this. You're the owners. You should be hands-on with it. And they weren't. Sell the team. Get rid of it. Save yeah. Cleveland baseball. And what I also always struggle to understand, Sue, is like, how does the report say that they knew, but then you come out and deny that you knew? Yeah. Like, what does – what does the most like, Cleveland the thing I've ever heard, man. 
like the, the reports <laughs> like the reports lying now like they had to have found intel that you knew right somehow and, and it's a pitching coach this is someone you're always around like you know what's going on and like even if you suspect something like i feel like you got to look into it but something of that but here so i think this is just gonna be something else that looms over our head like you said the culture of it and just not if you're not going to hold them accountable like that the players are going to start to understand that too mm-hmm. and, and the players of understanding okay i'm literally playing just for a contract somewhere else now don't get too connected yeah no doubt. But I did – I'm starting to see a lot of people compare Lindor to Kyrie. I don't think it's going to be even that close. I don't oh, think no. I don't think they're close. No. Oh, and, no. like, Johnny yeah. Manziel in there, he literally just said – he was asked what he preferred, and he said, I think Frankie's people being lazy. Like, he wasn't like – like, he was asked the question of what do you prefer. I feel like he should have said something in Cleveland because I called him Frankie. Mm-hmm. And then also the weight room thing, whatever. I don't even care anymore. Like – the Dolans won't pay anyone. They won't make any investments. We weren't topping the better teams anyway. Well, I hate the weight room, so I feel it. <laughs> but, like, if you're going to, like, that that goes with the double, like, there's a double standard in sports now, and I think it's starting to get exposed. Like, you can't expect players to honor the team if the team doesn't honor them, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like you're starting to see more prominent athletes come out and kind of like defend themselves like Deshaun Watson. Like he's coming out. He's like, look, you're not doing anything to help my career. So why should I help you? And maybe this was a situation where Lindor was like, you're not doing anything. We, I know you have the money. You refuse to pay me what I deserve and you're not willing to work with me at all. And I, I, I believe it was absolutely ownership that wasn't giving the money and not Antonetti. I, I know those guys in the front office work their tails off. They wouldn't. I don't and think, I love that. They're great. Yeah. They, they, they find talent and they're, they're able to be competitive every year. When I think a great example of that is just look at the Dolphins. Kyle Van Noy. Four years, yeah. $51 million, $30 million guaranteed. He's cut after one year. Exactly. All to provide clear space to pursue Sean Watson. Yeah. No doubt. And honestly, and honestly, you have Kyle Van Noy and Levante David coming to the Browns. And ultimately, let's yeah, let's run it. <laughs> you guys need to get some more receivers over there, man. Like, you got a few good ones, but you got to figure out what's going on with OBJ. Kyle Rudolph. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to run five tight end sets. DPJ. <laughs> but, yeah, so we'll see what happens, I guess, with this. Now with the Indians, which adds to it, too. But I am I am ready for baseball to be back. I'm just ready for sports with fans to be back. Mm, that yeah, definitely, one hundred percent. I want to go to a ballpark and like dime a dog night, some peanuts, oh. and just outside in the warm weather, man. That's all I need. That's okay right now. Well, you guys see that uh, Texas is now like all oh, there. Yeah, Texas, all- Mississippi, and I think uh, Alabama is about to do it too. Yeah, and but there's I know actually. That- I don't know if you saw, sorry to interrupt, but I think there was, um, I was reading this thing, but all SEC schools expect to have full capacity at like all fall sports. Wow. This coming season. So football games packed. That's they were last year. Yeah, true. (laughs) I remember I turned on a game. I'm like, bro, there's usually like 60,000 people here. I'm like, this (laughs) is limited. (laughs) They do it different down South. I think it was Texas A&M. Yeah, makes the greatest field name in the history of sports right there. Kyle Field. <laughs> Texas A&M. <laughs> he bought it. 
Yeah. I'm just kidding. Sorry. Multi-million dollars living in my parents' homes. So, yeah. Hey, <laughs> living at homes where it's at. Let's go. Hey, hey man, just saving there. money till the wedding, you know? All three, all three of us squat up. Yeah. Hey, although he's engaged. Uh, <laughs> hey, congrats on the engagement, Thanks, by the way. Man. Thanks, dude. Appreciate it. But all right, any, any uh, closing thoughts as we uh, end this episode? Mm. I have nothing. I'm good. Kyle, you got anything? No, nah, man. I mean, just thanks for having me on, man. This is fun. I've never been Absolutely. on a podcast before, but it's good to chat sports and talk sports, man, because don't don't get to do it very often. I love to talk about my job, and I'm definitely blessed and um, worked with some amazing athletes, and I'm just ready for sports to be normal again, man. But sports are awesome. Absolutely. There we go. All bench right, captains you know, for life. Bench captains for life and bench captains out.